the grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. The Supreme Court is the latest U.S. institution under assault. Today, on The Grid. Did you like the intro music to The Grid? If so, let me introduce you to J.D. Coleman, a young musician composer. He excels in taking your concepts and converting them to a musical score best suited to you and your business. He's helped the Kingdom Patriot Group as well as the Phenomenal Christianity Podcast. What do you need to know about J.D.? He voted in the national election as soon as he turned 18. He loves his country, he's very active in political discourse, and he's committed to the original founder's intent of the U.S. Constitution, and he follows the Lord. What does that mean to you? He's a patriot, and he's skilled at composing music for you and your business. Contact him today at scoreandsplice at gmail.com. Again, that email is scoreandsplice at gmail.com. Reach out to JD today to take care of your music needs. Be sure to tell him you are a kingdom patriot. Welcome to this week's News and Review in what I'm calling the Thanks Joe segment. In life news, pro-abortion groups targeted Catholic churches on Mother's Day. As all six conservative Supreme Court justices are now being referred to as six extremist Catholics. Never mind that it's not true, but since when did truth matter to the emotion of the left? Biden could squash this with a very strong stance, but in fact, the White House is seemingly supporting these protests, which, by the way, are very likely to turn violent. The White House is quote-unquote standing with peaceful protesters in regards to the Roe v. Wade draft opinion that I'm now dubbing Leakgate. Thanks, Joe. In culture news, we turn to Oregon. In its noble effort for menstrual equity, Oregon is putting tampons in men's bathrooms at public schools and colleges. Total insanity as we seek to ignore basic biology. Thanks to the Menstrual Dignity Act, school officials are told to use gender-neutral phrases like menstruating students instead of girls. When it comes to explaining the reproductive process, teachers are instructed to tell kids that someone with a uterus and ovaries may begin to menstruate instead of girls. There's no such thing as female hygiene products, the toolkit argues, only menstrual products. So everything, and I mean everything, is confused in regards to sex and biology. Unless, of course, we're talking about Roe v. Wade, then that's simply women's rights. Thanks, Joe. In economic news, even the good news is tempered by bad news. There was strong job growth on the latest report, but that was tempered with the fact that wages are not keeping pace with inflation. Who would have thunk of that? Of course they're not. If anyone has been to the gas pump, they know this. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. In other economic news, the Fed's raised the interest rate by 50 basis points. Billionaire Sam Zell said if the Fed's don't raise the interest rate by at least 100 basis points in the next year, that inflation will not be curbed. But Jerome Powell said that even a 75-point basis hike is not in the discussion. Most economists say that liquidity needs to be reduced, and unless the feds take drastic measures, inflation will continue. Thanks, Joe. In politics, Joe just referred to Trump supporters this week as the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. You know what I love about this quote? Is that you have one group that is vehemently screaming for the right to suction, dismember, and scrape a child out of the uterus. And that's mainstream. But the MAGA crowd, as Joe refers to them, is trying to protect the life of the unborn, and that is the most extreme stance in American history. Wow, Mr. President, your priorities are totally messed up. 
Thanks, Joe. Merrick Garland is coming after ghost guns because what the left can't accomplish through legislation or the courts, they just go to executive action. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with ghost guns, but this administration is pulling every lever in the book to restrict gun ownership. Thanks, Joe. And then there's, of course, the infamous Kamala Harris shouting, how dare you? This lady is a piece of work. Many refer to her as the prime example of failing up. Just keep failing at what you do and you'll get promoted upward to move you out so that someone who knows what they're actually doing can fix the mess. Her staff is quitting in droves. Presidential campaign, failure. Border crisis, failure. Comments on Ukrainian refugees, failure. Leader, utter failure. This lady fails everywhere she goes. And yet, Joe Biden picked her to be his White House running mate. Albeit openly, he's admitted he only did so because she's black and a woman. How about picking Condoleezza Rice? She fits the same qualifications, but is actually a highly intelligent, successful human being. The two-word argument for protecting Joe Biden's health at all costs? Yep, you guessed it. Kamala Harris. Thanks, Joe. There are many more stories, but that's all the time we have for today. For this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. In order to expand our audience to like-minded believers and patriots, you have to tell them about us. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. Right now, in this moment, hit that follow button on your podcast and give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends and your neighbors about this community. Share any episode on your social media. If you feel compelled to share that photo of little Johnny who fell in a puddle, then surely sharing an episode of The Grid is just as easy. Help us today. Tell others about the Kingdom Patriot Group and this podcast, The Grid. Roe v. Wade. Abortion. Women's rights. Murder. Choice women's health care. Today we bring clarity to the unclear. You need to understand what's really going on first and foremost. And for the first time, I'm actually putting a warning label on this podcast, a PG-13 plus rating, because we're going to spend time talking about abortion. And before we get started, I also want to start with a caveat. I really want you to hear my heart. If you've had an abortion, I am not here to condemn you. So please understand that. It is wrong, but so are a host of other sins. Abortion is unique in that the guilt and shame is brought directly to the mother. But there is hope. Christ died for your sins, just like he did mine. He bore your shame, my shame, and all sins on the cross. So if you carry that shame, I implore you, go into the loving arms of Jesus, that you may receive his grace, his mercy, and forgiveness. I wanted you to hear that first from my heart to yours, before we really dive into this topic itself. With that, let's get started. So first, let's talk about what abortion is and what it is not. Unless you fully understand that, the rest of the conversation is merely academic. So simply put, my layman's definition on abortion is this. It's man's sinful intervention to end the process of life, pure and simple. So let's take a few moments and actually talk about what man's sinful intervention actually looks like. What does that really mean? There's really two primary types of abortion according to Planned Parenthood. The first is the abortion pill, and the second is what they call an in-clinic abortion. In regards to the abortion pill, it's really a use of two different medications, mifepristone and misoprostol. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing those correctly. Mifepristone is a synthetic steroid that blocks progesterone. In essence, it cuts off the blood supply and nutrients to the developing embryo or child. In addition, it destroys the embryo's attachment to the uterine wall. Misoprostol causes the uterus to actually expel the embryo, in effect, inducing early labor. In short, the two medications work together. 
The first pill kills the embryo, the second flushes it out of the uterus and out of the body for disposal. Now for the in-clinic procedure type of abortions, there are several types. There's what's called vacuum and aspiration, or sometimes referred to as a suction abortion. There's dilation and evacuation, commonly referred to as a D&E for pregnancies greater, usually than 12 weeks. And in that, your cervix is dilated, and in addition to vacuum suction, forceps and other medical tools are used. In some cases, a shot is given first to stop the fetal heartbeat before the procedure. Then you have what's called late-term in-clinic abortion, known as DNX, which is dilation and extraction. Now, I share those because in reality, those are just medical terms that are being used. In fact, medical descriptions. It doesn't actually sound that big of a deal. It sounds pretty benign. But that's on purpose. It's meant to sound benign. The left has successfully framed the conversation in medical terms over the years. Thus, the reason it's referred to as women's health care. But what really happens in this quote-unquote medical procedure? So if it's in the first seven weeks of pregnancy, a long, thin tube is inserted into the uterus and a large syringe is attached to the tube and the embryo is literally forcefully suctioned out. If it's between 6 and 14 weeks, the cervix is stretched open with cervical metal rods that often requires anesthesia. A hard plastic tube is inserted in the uterus and is connected to a suction machine, and this machine pulls the fetus's body apart and out of the uterus. Yes, you heard that correctly. The suction literally rips the baby apart and then suctions it out of the woman's body. In addition, the doctor often uses a long-shaped knife called a curette to scrape the fetus and fetal parts that still remains in the uterus. Now, we know those fetal parts. We're talking arms and legs, people. But again, in the sickening reframing of semantics, a doctor will often refer to the babies on arms and limbs as products of conception. Now, here's where it gets really sick. If it's between 13 and 24 weeks of pregnancy, a DNE is performed because the baby is too large at this point to be torn apart by suction alone. So the cervix must be opened even wider and is done so by numerous thin rods of seaweed one to two days before the abortion that caused this to happen. Then the doctor pulls out the baby parts with forceps and then crushes the skull for easy removal. The curette, you know, again, we, we, a curette is a knife, is almost certainly used to scrape out the contents of the uterus, making sure that all of the baby is completely gone. If over 20 weeks, DNX is used, that, remember that's dilation and extraction. The prep and the opening of the cervix, very similar to the DNE, done the same way. But in this case, the doctor actually uses ultrasound to locate the baby, and more particular, the baby's legs. Then the doctor grabs the legs with the forceps and then manually delivers the baby by force all the way up to the head by pulling the legs out of the woman's body. Once the baby gets that far, then the doctor inserts the scissors into the base of the skull to create a hole or opening in the baby's head. Then a suction catheter is placed into the opening of that hole and used to remove the baby's brain. The skull then collapses, and the baby is ultimately completely removed. Honestly, this is one of the hardest podcasts I've had to research. It makes me want to vomit. It's very emotional for me. This is an issue that the Lord has laid on my heart all the way back since I was in college. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the quote-unquote women's health care that the ungodly are trying to defend. If you did this to an animal, if you did this to your dog or your cat, you would be in jail for animal cruelty. Make no mistake about it. If we send a spacecraft to Mars and they discover a fossilized microbe, we call it signs of life. 
But a baby in the womb, the most vulnerable, the most unprotected person in the United States? No, it's not called life. It's called women's choice. So why? Why would we do this? Why would they defend this? Well, let's dive into some of the statistics because we really should understand why are some of the reasons that babies are aborted? Do you realize that 63 million babies, American babies, have died in the womb since 1973 because of Roe v. Wade? What other relevant statistics exist? Some of this is very difficult to gather. There are multiple studies, but some of them are a little bit older, but it does give us insight into this issue. So let me just run through some of these. 25% of U.S. women will have an abortion before the age of 45. Yeah, you heard that correctly. One in four pregnant women are going to have an abortion. One of the most common stats that you hear, or you at least hear people talk about it, is that of teenage pregnancies, because those women have no way to take care of a child. So therefore, an abortion is actually a merciful end so that that person can continue on. Well, that's interesting. Did you know that 88% of all abortions occur in women who are over the age of 20? That's not the narrative we hear out in the, the public arena of ideas. Did you know in 2019 that unmarried women accounted for 86% of all abortions and black women were 3.6 times more likely to have an abortion than white women? Let that sink in. In all this talk about equity and inclusion, abortion has unfairly targeted black women. That's 360% more likely. 360% more likely for a black woman to have an abortion than a white woman. I wonder if BLM is looking at this issue since abortion is clearly an assault, as I said, on the African-American community. So what about the reasons that people have abortion? It's really difficult to ascertain this because a lot of people, or or I should say a lot of women, indicate multiple reasons that they have an abortion, not just one. But nonetheless, in 2004, there was a study done that tried to wrap their arms around this. So I'm just going to read what they found. 3% of abortions were because of fetal health problems. So I guess that means that there was a concern that the the baby itself was not viable, was not going to survive. 4% physical health problems with the mother. 4% said it would interfere with her education and her career. 7% said they were not mature enough to raise a child. 8% did not want to be a single mother. 19% were said they were done having children, so didn't want an additional pregnancy. 23% can't afford a baby. 25% said they're not ready for a child, and the 6% that said other. What about rape and incest? I'm sure you're asked, where was that statistic? I actually skipped over that one first because it was the smallest. 0.05% are a victim of rape, according to this. That's right, you heard that correctly. Less than 1%. A whopping 86% of all these reasons when you put them together is related to me, myself, and I. I'm not ready. I can't afford. I don't want to be burdened. I don't want my career or education interrupted. I don't want to do this alone. It's a totally me-focused mentality. What Roe v. Wade did was literally give a legalized get-out-of-jail-free card to the natural result of cause and effect. Ladies and gentlemen, there is only one immaculate conception. There is only one virgin birth. And that was Jesus Christ. Every other birth in history occurs as a result of behavior, cause, and effect. We have reached a place in our society where we want the pleasure of behavior, but no responsibility with the results, with the outcome, or with the consequences. These statistics completely bear this out. All you ever hear in Roe v. Wade is the argument about what about rape and incest. Is it really fair to make a person carry a pregnancy in that situation? Now, my natural response, my faith response is yes, because I'm on the side of life. I'm on the side of biblical truth. 
But even apart from a biblical worldview on this, do you realize that based on these statistics that of the 63 million abortions performed since 1973, 31,500 would be due to rape and incest? That argument, that 31,500 abortions is being used to justify the murder of the other 62,968,500 abortions. It's an absolute insane argument. It has no merit. So while I hate abortion, I would sign a national bill in a fetal heartbeat moment that outlawed abortion in all circumstances except rape and incest. Do you think the left would agree to that? Nope, not a chance in hell. But I digress. And for you conservatives that argue with that approach, I say to you, if this was done at the time of Roe v. Wade, if such a bill was signed, we would have saved the lives of 62,968,500 babies and would have only lost 31,500. This, ladies and gentlemen, is why SCOTUS is under assault. This is why the left is going crazy over the potential reversal of Roe v. Wade, which, by the way, would not ally abortion. It would not. It would merely remove the judicial created, judicial incorrectly created constitutional right to an abortion, and the issue would be remanded to the states. Again, I think it's murder. It's definitely morally and ethically wrong. But that would still be a move in the right direction, which is why I would absolutely support it. That is why this draft opinion in the Supreme Court, normally held in complete secrecy, was released. I even read today that liberal groups are picketing and protesting outside the homes of the six conservative justices seeking to change their votes. This is horrible. The enemy of life, the enemy of Christ, is going all out to protect the sacred process of murder. This is why there are calls to pack the court. The godless will do anything possible to reverse the reversal of Roe v. Wade. We must support the justices of the Supreme Court, and we must hold Congress accountable. Contact your senators and congressmen today and tell them to support the constitutional process and protection of life. I want to reiterate, this is a hard podcast for me. It is a passionate subject. It's something that I feel deeply about. It's very emotional for me, but I do not condemn anyone who's had an abortion. I do want you to hear that. I know Christ offers grace and forgiveness for the most heinous of sins, because that's who our loving Father is. That is who He is, and He forgives anyone who comes to Him. Interested in a particular topic that you want us to cover? If so, email us at admin at kingdompatriot.us. That's admin at kingdompatriot.us. We'd love to hear from you today. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today, but I'm sure this won't be the last time we broach this subject. Our country has no chance of remaining under God's hand of protection so long as we are okay with sacrificing our children on the altar of convenience, not so much different than the abhorrent pagan nations that killed their sons and daughters on the altar of Molech. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Grid. Special thanks again to our sponsor, J.D. Kuhlman. To get music composed for your business, drop J.D. a note at scoreandsplice at gmail.com. Again, that email address is scoreandsplice at gmail.com. Be sure to tell him you heard about him from the grid. Don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated, your input is valued, and your voice is needed. I'm Chris Kuhlman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot. 